Good morning, my brothers and sisters. This is your host, Lucas Ham, the Brazilian mountaineer, alongside Mark Boucher, the man with music in his heart and Doctor Who on his brain. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing all right. It's a bonus episode, man. That's right. Bo- 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 bonus. Not bonus. only is it a bonus, it's a n- 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 night show. True story. True story. Folks, we are joining you right now to talk all things Spider-Man. Are you excited? I'm excited, man. I am. You know, I can't tell you how much I have to fight the temptation to sing the Spider-Man song here at the beginning. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider- No, okay, I'm done. <laughs> does whatever a spider can, spins his web, and cut. <laughs> I don't. I was thinking earlier today. I was like, "Do they have a NDA? Not an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement? No, that's not right. Do they have? Someone has copyrights on that, right? Is oh, it, um, of course. Marvel? You better believe that thing has copyrights. Yeah, it has to all be. over it. You know, really, the version that I know—not I know the best—but the version I always think of when I think of that song is the version from. I think it's—I can't remember. If it's the first or second Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire when that Asian lady is singing. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Exactly. That's the version that I always think of now, even to this day. I heard the other versions in the past, but that's the one that sticks. Well, we are talking about Spider-Man today. We are doing our first official GMG Good Morning Guys spoiler cast. Um, Ronnie and... Patrick are also going to be doing a Red Dead Redemption spoiler cast at some point. I don't know when or where, uh, somewhere in Cincinnati. Um, but these are these are our first goes at a spoiler cast. So we're going to be talking about Spider-Man on PS4. Uh, recently, Mark and I finished the game. Uh, you haven't platinumed it yet, right? Negative. Um, do you, yeah, do you plan I just pl- mainlined the story. Um, yeah. I may, I may go back to it. Um, well, may I probably will go back to it, but right now I'm trying to finish uh, God of War, and then after that I'm doing Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and then yeah. uh, if I've got some downtime, you know, I may go back to back to the uh, to the extra stuff, um, and I also kind of want to play the the DLC mission, DLC stuff. Yeah, I've um, heard good things about that. Yeah, so I would like to try that, especially if it has more story stuff. Um, so, cause I, I very much enjoyed being in this world. Oh yeah. Um, this, they, what, what Insomniac, what they built is an incredible world. It's a vibrant world. I know that for those from New York city who have spent much time in New York city, of course there are, it's not one-to-one, it's not exact, but, but the yeah. world they built in this game was, was incredible and incredibly fun to be in, uh, swinging around a Spider-Man. I mean, there's nothing like it. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, like we've talked about in the podcast before, and you just mentioned, you know, talking about how you're, you're kind of mainlining some games because you really want to experience in the, you want to experience them and get through them. And, and you've, you've been a little bit behind, but man, that there's nothing like swinging around the city. It's, it's amazing. Did you oh, have, yeah. did you have much experience before with Spider-Man games before this? Before I did this actually. Um, I actually, 
I actually played the the original one. I I believe it's on PS one. Yeah, that's that's I want to say that's the last one I actually played was was the PS one. I read about the other ones, but I didn't play the others. Gotcha. Yeah, I played I played the original one, the PS one version. I think there was one they actually came out with on like the Sega Genesis that had to do with Carnage. Oh yes, long I played, way ago. Yeah, that's way far back. I played that one too. Actually, that was more of a beat 'em up side scroller mm-hmm. kind of deal. Um, but I think the the one that I enjoyed the most before Insomniac put their new their Spider-Man game out was actually I believe it was 2005. I want to say or something like uh-huh. that. Uh, they actually released um, a movie tie-in game for Spider-Man Two, and. Okay. Uh, yeah, and it actually had a lot of the the game mechanics in that game that it does in Insomniac. Insomniac just did it way better, right? Uh, but of it course. had very much. It wasn't a one to one New York, um, but it was very much open world, and you could swing around and all that kind of stuff, and and just do whatever you wanted to do, and then go into story missions and stuff like that. And I I very much enjoyed that because I've always enjoyed just the free free swinging open world kind of thing um of just going and and just being spider-man doing whatever you want to do uh having optional missions and stuff like that and and insomniac just kind of took that and and brought it to its maximum potential i think um for sure most certainly they definitely did i think the last one that i really enjoyed was spider-man where i really felt the the fun of swinging around the city was Lego Marvel superheroes. That was the last one. That was a fun one. Let me tell you, being able to, you know, there was nothing realistic about the physics or how he, he could make, (laughs) he could make, he could send his webs into the cloud and it would help him swing in any direction in any place. So in that sense, it was not, it was not very realistic, (laughs) but it was still fun to swing around as Spider-Man. Yeah, uh, for sure. So this, uh, this old Spider-Man on PS4, it came out on September 7th. Uh, but we were slackers, weren't we? We uh, we yeah, didn't we play were. it right away. What well, so? Slackers. Uh, my story is that I I just did not have any money, and I was not willing to pay full price at the time. And what was your excuse? I really don't have one other than I just sort of dropped it, and you know, a lot of times that old like blackout, would... that old blackout yeah. in Call of Duty and yeah. Overwatch distracted yeah, that... you, huh? That did, but also just, like, the fact, like, when I come home a lot of days, uh, it's kind of funny, like, I got into this habit of, like, watching things like Twitch and stuff like that, watching yeah. other people play video games, yeah. but, uh, like, I wasn't really playing a whole lot of video games myself, um, right. and that was just kind of my way of chilling out after getting off of work, and then I'd, like, pass out and fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, and it happens. just was, like, a couple of months of doing that. And I just never got myself motivated enough to get back into it um, until finally I was like kicking myself like you need to finish this game, please. So, yep. <laughs> so you have, you have a much better excuse than I did. <laughs> but it was good timing. It was really cool. I thought that it was really cool that we we kind of you know we played it parallel to each other. Um, mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. a single player game, so we couldn't play it together. But at the same time, we were playing it around the same time kind of experiencing it and now i think it's really cool that we can get together and we can talk about it kind of share 
Um, spoilers, of course, talk about all the things that happened, things that surprised us or things that we enjoyed. I definitely think there were times when the game tried to hit you in the fields and it was mm-hmm. it was pretty effective. And so we'll we'll kind of try to cover all that. Sound good? Yeah, we should probably say that right now, you know, if if the name spoiler cast wasn't any uh indication whatsoever, you know, we're we're going to spoil the game here. We're going to spoil That's, the crap out of it. <laughs> that is very true. So this is your last chance to bail. We appreciate you coming by, but if you are not interested in hearing spoilers, if you hope to play this game someday, you need to turn this off because you need to experience this game fresh without any spoilers, uh, really experience it and let, you know, just experience the journey without knowing anything. However, if you've already played it or you don't really care about spoilers, um, if you want to kind of go on the journey with us for the next uh, little bit, you're, of course, welcome to do that, too, uh, because we're going to just dive right in to talk about Spider-Man on PS4. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Uh, I tell you what, this game, I thought, I thought it started out strong. It, uh, mm-hmm. it starts out with you taking down old Mr. Old Mr. Fisk, Fisk, Kingpin himself. Uh, and then during that time, it also doubles as a tutorial where you learn all your moves, learn, learn how to web sling, shoot webs, dance around, punch, kick, uh, you know, all that fun stuff. Uh, what did you think of the combat system overall? Um, not just at the beginning, but as things progressed, what did you like? What did you dislike? What did uh, you, you think could about tell, it? You could tell very much that, that Insomniac kind of kind of took their cues, kind of took their inspiration from um, from the Arkham games yeah, in definitely. terms of the combat style. Um, the sort of quick combat back and forth in between different enemies and sort of rapid sort of uh, kick and punch attacks while being able to, you know, swing. And um, I think there's actually... Uh, um, it's very similar, you know, where you can like uh, throw the the enemy up in the air and just kind of unload a whole oh, yeah. bunch of yep. yeah, punch him in the air and then it's yep. very much reminiscent of Arkham, of all those mm-hmm. games. There's like there's a moment where you can all of a sudden Batman can just kind of unleash this flurry of punches and kicks. Yeah, and so it's they you can tell they were very inspired by it. Um, and I loved the Arkham games, so naturally. I yep. was I was cool with with the dy- the dyma- dynamic excuse me the the gameplay right. the combat dynamics of uh, um, of the game and and just also you know being able to swing um, on webs and stuff was very natural to me just because I had played that type of gameplay before so I'm like okay this is like riding a bike except swinging webs yep. um, there was but- one thing that I really appreciated about the combat the mm-hmm. they made it they made i felt like you know they definitely had inspiration from the arkham games but it felt like they made a couple tweaks that really for me made it i don't know if i'd say it made it easier but it, it made it felt more intuitive like for example whenever you were about to be attacked instead of the the like little flashy warning going across the certain enemy's head that was attacking you mm-hmm. it always came on spider-man like his spider sense so you could mm-hmm. usually just hit X, you could hit dodge, and he would automatically dodge. Like with the Batman games, you had to pay attention to each enemy, and you didn't know which enemy was going to kind of light up and kind of warn you that they were about to attack you, and I really liked that. Uh, the mm-hmm. other thing I liked was that it didn't, when you were fighting, it didn't have that almost artificial automatic movement to every single enemy. Like in Arkham, mm-hmm. the Arkham games, you could sometimes just hit square, and he would automatically jump around 
the group of enemies, and he would like slide across. Batman would slide across the ground, and sometimes that was very like <laughs> strange because it almost felt very like he had ice skates on. He was sliding to an enemy with with Spider-Man. You didn't have that. Instead, you'd hit triangle. And he would throw out a web, and he would pull himself towards the enemy, or he would pull the enemy towards him. And I really liked, uh, I really liked that that relationship you had with your with your webs, and mm-hmm. uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. In addition to that, I loved, you know, and they introduced this, you know, little by little as time went on. I loved the gadgets. I really got into mm-hmm. the gadgets a lot, um, and that kind of stuff. So uh, let's let's take a little time before we continue on with the story. Uh, what were some of your favorite gadgets that were used, and what was your what was your fighting style? What did you feel like you kind of leaned towards in terms of fighting and the gadgets that you liked the best? I, I tend to be in a lot of <laughs> in a lot of games. I tend to be like a a run and gun type of person. Like I will run in there and just you know to do my business and and wreck house as much as possible. I don't. I'm not a big fan of like stealth. Or anything like that, right. um, you know. Despite games like Spider Man, and and you're gonna hear me talking a lot Batman a lot because yeah. number one, I love Batman. Number two, there's just a lot of things to compare in terms of the Arkham series. But um, well, and even you know, before this Spider Man, I mean, there weren't really a lot of superhero games of this style that were that great, or were like right. it's such a level that you know they were revered by gamers. I think the Arkham games are the pinnacle of. This style of third-person Superman or Superman. There I go with Superman. Superhero <laughs> video games. Why do I always want to call them Superman games? Superhero. Well, video you know, games. Spider-Man is the best Superman game. So that is true. <laughs> there, I'm I'm in works with Insomniac to get that put on the Game of the Year edition. Put that on the box. <laughs> so, anywho, what uh, what kind of uh, gadgets did you did you like to use? Did you have um, any preferred? Basically. I was big on the on the electric webs and oh, yeah. the impact the impact web. Man, those impact because... webs! I always depleted those right mm-hmm. at the beginning. You just see anybody yep. near a wall, and you just doo, doo. yeah, it just takes care of them. Yeah, especially in like larger groups um, where you're just trying to just you know trying to clear the area. As much yeah. as possible, and they're like all on top of you and stuff. It's like the quickest way to dispose of them was, yep. you know, instead of just trying to knock them out or whatever, you just impact web them as much yeah. as possible. Um, For sure, I definitely use I definitely use the uh, the the web bomb where like um, you know it would like impact three to five different enemies at a time. Um, yeah, that was something I used a lot. I didn't honestly, I didn't do a lot of like upgrading of of the particular gadgets like the yeah. um like the spider drone or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I I stopped once I realized it it was going to take away my challenge tokens. You know, I Oh yeah. I didn't we t- you you mentioned earlier about platinuming cuz I asked you but I didn't mention I am going to platinum the game and there one you of go. the things you have to do is get you know so many suits or get all the main suits and most of those suits require challenge tokens and if you use too many challenge tokens on other things then you have to you have to like perfect your the challenges that come up later on where you're chasing yeah. drones or and man those challenges were those were tough uh, i haven't done a lot of them but the ones i did i was lucky sometimes to get the i think this you know i don't remember what the names were but the silver ones uh, i never got a gold on anything i haven't gotten mm-hmm. a gold one yet the ultimate i think yeah. ultimate 
challenge results. Um, but for me, I, I also really liked um, to jump into a group of guys, and I used the suit power web blossom. Did you use that very much? Um, I don't think I did. Oh man, it it was a so it was a, it was actually a suit power. So with each suit that you got, because there were a bunch of suits, and we can talk about you know the suits that we liked and that kind of stuff too. But you know, throughout the game, you would unlock all these different suits. Some of them from comics, some of them from movies, some of them from uh, made by Insomniac, like designed. Uh, for mm-hmm. the game, uh, but with each suit comes a suit power, and my favorite suit power was the Web Blossom because you could get into a group of like twenty guys, and you you know you press L three R three, and he would jump in the air and just spin and just like he would spray webs everywhere, and it was like a web bomb on steroids. Like you oh would take yeah out yeah I did use that two thirds of the guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I used that most of the game. Like that was easily my favorite suit power. And I didn't really have a preferred suit. I would just wear a suit until I kind of got bored with it, and then I would change to a new suit. Um, I think towards the end, I started using the white one, or the like the one that Insomniac made with the white trim. I think they called it the white spider suit, just because it, it matched best with the with the cutscenes. So, because I think one time I was using a weird suit, and there was a cutscene, and I was wearing it, and it was hard for me to take the scene very seriously because I looked like an idiot. So. I started paying attention and just being like, oh, I'm just going to use the standard suit. Yeah, that's basically what I did was, was you know, I really haven't unlocked very many of the suits. I've unlocked some of them, of course, but, um, you know, I, I, I would play around with them a little bit and like, oh, man, that's cool. I remember that suit from X comic or whatever, um, right. but or whatever movie. And but then I, I ended up going back to the, you know, the. The, the white spider suit um, just because that's the one that Insomniac intended for the game itself. Yeah, um, that's true. So I just liked to stick with that. Um, so, yeah. I, and honestly, I was honestly a little underwhelmed by some of the suits. Um, yeah. A lot of them, like, they're very obscure. Like, okay, this doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, uh, and honestly, like the one of the big things that's kind of been that Insomniac's kind of gotten a little bit of heat about is apparently like they've now named all of the suits that are going to be in the game, and one of them that is not going to be in the game is uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man suit. Um, and, oh yeah, and I was so kind of surprised at that. People were not very happy about that. It's like all the suits you put in there, and you couldn't put the one movie suit in there um so but a lot of the other ones were like eh this isn't that great um but um yeah so i i didn't really go crazy with with the suits um i I would i i did see the one you can unlock by like 100 percenting it and that's like the 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 spider-man was he's like wearing the underwear or whatever um and He's like, it's just him and it's just him wearing the, uh, the, the, the mask, uh, the mask. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's, it's the, it's the guy that, um, oh shoot. He's in the, um, in that one scene, I think he's like hallucinating or something like that. Uh huh. And he's in like Spider-Man underwear. Oh yes, yes, yes. I've seen yeah, that. Yeah. He's, he's an unlockable suit. Yeah. That's not something <laughs> I want to look at while I'm playing 
a third yeah, not person really. <laughs> game where I have to look at their body all the time. Not so much. Yeah. Uh, it is interesting you brought up the the Raimi suit. I think this story was so heavily influenced, I thought, by the Raimi movies. Absolutely. That, that they really should have. And, and you know what? This isn't the first game, so I would not be surprised if not in the in the second game, third game, that they maybe do a, a suit. Because they can't, they can't play their, they can't reveal their whole hand. And I think definitely, as we, you know, go through the story, as we, as we progress through the story and get to the end and kind of make predictions for the future, I, I definitely think they have left some great potential for a good, at least another, if not two, to make a whole trilogy of games for Spider-Man. They had, they have built a, a, a great universe with this game. So returning back to the story, uh, Fisk gets put into jail. Uh, that's your first mission in the game is to, you know, beat up Fisk and put him in jail. And when he's being put in jail, he alludes to the fact that uh, he's going to be missed because he, he pretty much says the the city is going to deteriorate. It's going to get worse without him because, uh, you know, it's kind of like that whole idea. You kind of like that Hydra problem. You cut off one head, two more raise in its place and and you can kind of see that that's going to be coming. And, of course, we discover that to be true not long after that. Um, and after he finishes off with Fisk, you find out that Peter is late for his real job as a scientist working under the tutelage of Dr. Otto Octavius, who we know will someday become Doc Ock. But to this point, he has not become Doc Ock yet. He's Otto Octavius, a really nice uh, laid-back scientist that's just looking to help people. Uh, using uh, designing prosthetic limbs. We also discover at this point that it's been eight years or seven or eight years into Peter Parker's career as Spider-Man. Um, and so there's lots of established enemies already like Shocker um, and uh, some other enemies. But Doc Ock, uh, we also know that the Osborns at this point, I think during this part of the game we discover too that uh, the Osborns are just normal guys like uh, Harry yeah, Osborn is, pre- is his friend. It's pre-Green Goblin, all that. Pre-Green Goblin, which I found to be interesting. And so there's a good mix of villains that have been revealed. And, of course, if you get all the backpacks, like if you get like half the backpacks like I did after the first or second mission, I started just grabbing backpacks, and you learn a lot about the different enemies that villains he's already faced, like Sandman and some others. But at this point, the really big villains, I think, Doc Ock and Green Goblin, they have not appeared yet. And so what did you think of this kind of this opening introduction with Parker and Octavius? Uh, it, was, it was interesting, the fact that, you know, Spider-Man has been Spider-Man for eight years. And yet, you know, Otto is still very much Otto. He's not Doc Ock. Yep. He's not one of his established enemies yet. Um, yeah, they, 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 they push this one way off. Um and it's it's nice to to have a well-established Spider-Man because the more more established Spider-Man you have, the better gadgets you have, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was interesting that they that that's how they wanted the story to go. But yeah, um, I liked I liked the introduction to this. Um, I loved again the the whole the whole idea of of Kingpin and the the way that you know got him put away and the fact that that fisk basically was kind of the muscle of the city um he had and and the money for the city as well he would right he basically had his hand 
in basically pulling the strings for all sorts of different crime syndicates and stuff, and he would keep them in balance. Yep. So, yeah, it, it basically was like, you're, you're taking the mastermind of that out of the picture, so it's going to make things a lot harder yep, and for, created for a, Spider-Man. Uh, and created a villain vacuum where yep. others were going to replace him, and they definitely did. Um, with, with Otto, I really enjoyed overall throughout the story the mentor-mentee relationship between Parker and Octavius. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was really well done. The development of it, development of their characters as individuals and in relation to, to each other was really cool. Um, it I immediately harkened back to uh, Spider-Man 2 uh, with the whole Doc Ock and, you know, in that they don't really work together as scientists. Doc Dr. Octavius is already well-established, and, and Peter isn't even a scientist in, in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. Uh, but he very much uh, uh, not immortalizes him. He, he definitely is, sees him as like a, an ex, a good example and that kind of stuff. So there's a similarity in that that I thought was really cool. But in the game, I really thought it was cool that uh, Octavius really couldn't advance uh, his, his goals without Parker. Like the th- mm-hmm. the times he had breakthroughs, you know, it was obvious that Octavius was smart. But every breakthrough, every discovery, every de- development during the game, you see Parker there, and he's helping him out. He's encouraging him. Sometimes he makes a little tweak, fixes something. Um, and I thought it was really cool, not just because of their relationship, because but because you you seem to have a more intimate connection with who he becomes. Like he pretty much becomes Doc Ock because of you and we'll get into more of that later but but I just thought that whole relationship was really well done it was one of my favorite aspects of of the game for sure yeah the moment I saw them the working on the whole like uh, prosthetic arm thing and I'm like okay he's he's gonna become Doc Ock by the time this is done oh yeah that was pretty obvious but the way they did it was so good Oh yeah, they definitely did the slow burn with it, and it was interesting the path that they went. But it's like the moment I saw that the, any sort of thing to do with prosthetic arms of any time, like, okay, we're going, we're going full Doc Ock at one point. Oh yeah, um, for sure. So um, I liked the fact um, with a lot of the interactions with with Peter and um, Otto, um, they they gave you the time, and 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 Insomniac did this a lot in this game. Um, you know, you have these high action missions that you go on. It's like, okay, you need a little bit of a break, a little bit of a yeah. cool down. So it's not yeah. constantly action, action, action like it would be in a movie. Um, they they kind of have to have downtime and then build up the action and that right. kind of stuff. So you'd have like these small, these mini missions where it's like, okay, uh, there's this one piece of tech that's kind of on the fritz and 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 the voltage isn't right and and, right. and so you've got to kind of fix it and. So it kind of, you know, takes your mind and your emotions in a different direction and kind of gives you a little cool down time. Um, so that was pretty neat when, um, you know, it's basically uh, Peter helping Otto along with, with the research for the prosthetic arms um, and, and just trying to get it get it down right in terms of, you know, kicking out the bugs and stuff like that. So Yeah, it's true. Uh, not long after this, of course, we meet Aunt May. And we mm-hmm. also meet Martin Lee, which if if you have if you had seen any material, any trailers, anything beforehand, you knew about Mr. Negative, and it was pretty clear right away that Martin Lee was Mr. Negative. There was no moment where it's like, oh, what? 
Martin Lee is Mr. Yeah. Negative, but you meet Martin Lee and you discover that he's he's like the director of this homeless shelter called Feast where they help people out. Aunt May is like his right-hand woman and uh you you know they they definitely again they try to I really like this you know we'll talk about this more later as we get towards the end of the story, but I really liked how they tried to make some kind of connection with you and the the villains. It wasn't just like you're fighting these villains because they want to do evil things. Like they really humanized them. They really, uh, they really drew from, you know, not just good versus evil, but they drew from anguish and sadness and and difficulty and how everybody deals with something in a different way. And oftentimes, the difference between the heroes and villains are not uh, what they've been through. We've all been through hard times. It's what they do with that, and so. Uh, I thought it was really cool that, you know, as they're introducing these characters, they're trying to make you make a connection with all of them, not just the good ones, and then making you fight the bad ones. It's, it's a, it's a, I thought it was a good mixture. Yeah, it was nice that, that uh, Mr. Negative is more than your typical, like, you know, mustache twirling, like, I'm evil yeah, kind exactly. of thing. Um, he, was, he was a complex character with, you know, his own motivations for why he was doing what he was doing. Um, and, uh, you know, a pretty horrible backstory. Oh yeah. Uh, I say horrible, sure. like messed up, not like, yeah, job, but. cause you know, and we, we can jump around, you know, just to tell people, I think, or just, uh, just, to uh, mention it when it's brought up, but he was experimented on by the Osborne corporation, like as a child and his parents were killed through those experiments. And so mm-hmm. he pretty much hates Osborne in which that definitely comes into play in a little bit in the story. Uh, but yeah. That was that was an interesting twist, I guess, as it were. Um, after this, we're also introduced to Mary Jane Watson, MJ, Peter's ex-girlfriend, which I thought it was interesting to, as a first chapter or the first part of a, a new story, of a new take on Spider-Man, that you start the story with MJ as your ex. I thought that was very interesting. They're not together. They've, they dated. They had a history. You don't really know why things are the way they are, but it's very obvious at the beginning that they are, that they actually hadn't been talking for a long time, for months, and at the towards the beginning of the story, they actually start talking again, but only for the connection of dealing with the issues that are going on, the things that are going on with, mm-hmm. you know, Kingpin leaving, and then uh, through MJ, we discover, uh, we're introduced to the demons. Um, she breaks into an auction house where they're going to be selling Fisk uh, paraphernalia, and they introduce mm-hmm. the demons. We also learn about some kind of uh, some kind of some kind of something called Devil's Breath. We don't know what it is at the time, uh, which we find out later is an accidental creation by Oscorp because uh, they wanted to make a substance that could cure things, cure diseases, and instead it makes a super disease. Um, and so Spider-Man and Peter Parker start working with MJ. And they start talking, hanging out. You know, you get some of that mix between, I think, a, a kind of a mystery crime buddy cop kind of deal between the two. I think you get that towards the beginning. And then they kind of pepper in a little bit of rom-com or a little bit of, you know, they kind of have that spark, you know, the chemistry. What did you think of the chemistry between MJ and Peter Parker? Well, you know, in the comics, 
and in the movies and in any sort of media with Spider-Man, it's always an on and off, on and off, on and off. Yeah. Because they, they have to, like, the, the, the people who are doing the comics or the games and the movies, they know you know who these people are. Yeah. Um, they, they know you know all about Spider-Man and Mary Jane and they're supposed to be together. And so they've kind of, they kind of have to make things interesting and play with, with the dynamic there. And so, you know, to start out, with a strain between the two it's like okay so how are we going to get them back to the point where they're together again right um and it's certainly the whole game like there's certainly like highs and lows and highs and lows um where you know they got some issues going on um yeah but um but they definitely had good i thought they had good chemistry together like the like the i think his name's yuri the voice actor yuri and yep Laura Laura Bailey. Bailey. Laura Bailey is yep. they like their relationship, their their vocal relationship and chemistry. I thought was very good. Oh, they were very much, they were very much a modern twenty first century, on and off couple basically. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting that MJ was a reporter instead of a model too, because most of the time in the past she's always been a model, never been very participative other than bringing being like a damsel in distress for for spider-man yeah and i think that's the culture we're in now you know where you know a lot of women don't necessarily want to be the da- the damsel in distress they want to actually have a role to play which is great um you know because they don't want to be one-dimensional like that um and and so the fact that not only they gave her a reporter job but also her and other characters in the game uh, are more than just NPCs. Yeah, uh, for sure. They are they are actual playable characters for yep. their own missions. Um, so so that was interesting, and it was another way that Insomniac, you know, gives a little cooldown time. It's like okay, yep. we're not doing high flying, swinging action as Spider Man after a big mission, but we're gonna sneak around a little bit as Mary Jane, and we're gonna we're gonna do some investigating and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And it, and it really built the story up that way. It did. So it was kind of weird sometimes when you were, you know, dancing around as Spider-Man, all powerful and gadgets and powers. And then all of a sudden you're like this feeble little human and you're sneaking around. I will say the missions were not as annoying as I thought they would be when they first made mm-hmm. me, when they, I think in the auction house, when they first made me MJ, I'm like, Oh gosh, I have like no powers. <laughs> I can't fight. I just have to do this little sneaking mission. It kind of reminded me of uh, Uncharted 4 uh, at the mm-hmm. beginning when you're in the orphanage and you have to get around the nuns and the priest and all that and try to get sneak out to see your brother. Uh, For sure. But I didn't think they were that bad, and I and I thought they were okay. They, I think some people had some issues with them you know, towards the middle or towards the end when they got a little harder. Um, but I thought overall they were fine in, in kind of building the world and, and making those what could have just been NPCs, you know, they made them real characters. Like they were a part of your experience for sure. Um, in this, we're also introduced to another character, officer Jefferson Davis in your investigations. You're helped by a cop. Um, did you know right away that he would be miles Morales's dad? I, I did not honestly. Um, I've, I've seen iterations where, where miles Morales's dad was, was a cop. Um, I think actually, uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which is out today. 
Oh yeah, I've um, heard about that. I've heard that's very good. That's, yeah, um, he's a cop in in that movie. Uh-huh. Um, I've not read all the stories on Miles Morales' Spider Man. I'm familiar with some of his backstory, um, but uh, no, I I did not know at first that this was gonna be uh, this was gonna be Miles' dad. Um, and so right. I, I liked that that dynamic there that you know spider-man actually had an emotional attachment um to this particular character and it serves as sort of the catalyst for peter meeting miles as uh, exactly i'm sure we'll get into it at a moment in a moment but yeah um yeah you know i'm glad that you know there's a cop that was that was there respecting what spider-man was trying to do and yeah uh, trying to do his job as much as possible so um but yeah, I, I liked the progression there of that character. Yeah, I think I've been around the block so many times in terms of stories and, you know, reading comics, watching movies. I really enjoy stories, but really good stories still follow the same, they still follow the same, like, parameters, the same principles, the hero's journey, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, mo- more often than not, like my gut tells me, okay, this person's going to die. This person's going to live. This person's going to be. And I just, when I met Jefferson, like they hit it off so well. You know, at one point, uh, the Jefferson saved Spider-Man's life. Um, mm-hmm. And it was during those interactions, like, okay, this is Miles Morales' dad. Uh, and part of it was, you know, racial profiling. He was African-American, and I knew Miles Morales was a mix between Hispanic and uh, African-American. So I knew that relationship from the comics. So I was like, this is probably, even though it's not the same last name, I have a feeling. And, uh, and then I also knew he was going to die. Like before they even had the, the parade and all that stuff, he worked so well with Spider-Man. I'm like, this is too good to be true. And I really, I really wanted to, I kind of wanted to have more missions where we could do more buddy cop stuff. And like, he's like, well, I need to get in this. And Spider-Man's like, oh, let me look for this thing. And then we'll work together. I think that would have been cool. Um, but unfortunately it does not come to fruition because in saving Spider-Man's life and in helping to kind of take down some of the safe houses and kind of uncover some things about the demons, uh, Osborne decides to have a press conference slash honoring of, uh, Jefferson Davis for his service to the city. And in the process, uh, Senior Negativo shows up and... (laughs) He uh, <laughs> he shows up and wreaks havoc on the city. Like they they literally do a terrorist attack, and in the process, uh, in collateral damage, uh, Davis gets killed. And it's also revealed that Mister Negative has a vendetta against Osborne. At this point, you discover that, and uh, we also discover that Davis was the father of Miles Morales. And so, with this with this transition. Because of Peter's emotional attachment, Spider-Man's emotional attachment to Jefferson Davis, the officer, he gets an attachment to Miles. They start to kind of interact. He helps get him to work with Feast. Uh, And in the process, Spider-Man and MJ continue investigating uh, Mr. Negative and Martin Lee, of course. They uncover a bunch of different things. Uh, While they're doing this, they introduce new bad guys into the fray. As Mayor Osborne hires Silver Sable and her sh- her soldiers, I almost said her shoulders. I mean, Osborne <laughs> does hire her, her shoulders, her shoulders and her <laughs> soldiers. So with Silver Sable, she does not play nice with Spider-Man, which is not a big surprise. I really liked her intro, just kind of jumping in and being like, "Spider-Man, 
I'm going to take care of this. I'm in charge. I really didn't know very much about Silver Sable before, so I don't know how much she like is in line with the comics. Uh, I only knew her name, and that was about it. Uh, did you know anything yeah, about her before? I honestly, I've heard of Silver Sable. Um, they're actually, I believe, planning on making a uh, a movie specifically with Silver Sable and Black Cat. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Um, uh, so I'd heard the name, um, but I don't know all that backstory on her. Um, so yeah, I. <laughs> My knowledge was very limited, but I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard that name, and that's yeah, about it. that was pretty much where I was coming from. Uh, but she, you know, it was, in terms of story, it made sense, because, you know, they were making some progress, and that's not fun if they just automatically get to, you know, the fight with Mr. Negative. you got to add a few more wrinkles, make things interesting, so it made sense with the story. But eventually, mm-hmm. of course, Spider-Man saves the day with the help of MJ and other people, and they imprison Mr. Negative, and peace is secured, at least temporarily. Of course, when you're playing the game, you know it's not going to last because you know that things are going to, you know, something's going to happen. It's going to be like, ah, oh, we did it. And then the straw hits the camel's back and something else bigger happens. But before we got into that, uh, a lot of times during these missions when you'd have kind of big things, you talked about earlier about the transitions and about, you know, doing stealth missions and doing the science missions or the science side projects. Uh, there were also a ton of side missions and collectibles in this game. Backpacks. For sure. Uh, pigeons. You collect pigeons at some point, helping Lee from The Walking Dead to uh, catch his wife's pigeons. Um, it's a very touching story <laughs> when, you, when you finish the whole thing because you're like collecting these pigeons for his dead wife and uh, for him and in memory of his wife that's passed away. Um, but there were a ton of collectibles and I loved every single one of them. Like the challenges, the challenge tokens were tough, but I loved how all the collectibles and all the side missions, like everything seemed to be connected and I thought it was really fun. Did you have a side mission or collectible that you enjoyed in particular? Oh, I went straight to the backpacks. Like, I know, I right? Got all, all, what was it? 40 backpacks yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, which, uh, Hey, so rock steady. Don't do any more freaking Riddler trophies. Ah, uh, please, no more All Riddler it, uh, trophies. <laughs> Gosh, those Riddler Make trophies. Make it fun. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it was it was awesome. It was awesome because Insomniac did a great job of yeah, it was a collectible mission, but and and they were just little trinkets, um, which would just tell an entire story. Yep. Just from just from this one little thing that you found, yeah. one little item. I thought that was so cool. It was, yeah, it, so was, it was it was telling story without you seeing it. Yep. Basically. Yep. I, I really enjoyed those and, and uh yeah, the, the, the sheer variety of collectibles was cool and I and I really liked I actually collected a lot of the backpacks with my son. It was really cool and he would be like, What's that, Dad? And oh, I want to get a backpack and he, he really got into it. Um mm-hmm. Did you do many of the side missions? I started to. Um I, I did I did go through quite a bit, like the research stations and yeah, I did. obviously the backpacks, and and uh, there were like different towers you had to turn on and stuff like that, and um, and so you know the when I first started playing the game, I was like, okay, this isn't too bad. This because a lot of times with side missions, 
uh, it gets very overwhelming and not interesting. And so when I first started playing the game, I was I was interested. I was like, okay, this isn't too overwhelming. And then I put the game down for for a couple of months, as you know. Right. And then I picked it back up again. And I remember when list, listening to an episode of Married to the Games where Chris McCracken was talking about like he's like, oh, okay, I thought I was done yet done with these all these side missions, but now there's more. Oh yeah. And I started feeling that. Yeah. Um, I started feeling like okay. I'm kind of overwhelmed at the moment with the amount of collectible things. Yes. And those collectible things uh, are the things that help me unlock suits. And so I was kind of bummed because I was like, okay, I got to go through all of this just to unlock suits. Yeah. Um, and so that's when it gets annoying to me. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm just going to mainline the story <laughs> at this point. Um, I might go back to it. Um, I feel like I would. Um, but yeah, at that point it was just kind of overwhelming to me with how much stuff I had to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Stuff I had to if, collect. Especially if you, if you like, if I think the perfect way to play this game is to do a mission and then do a few collectible side missions, do a mission, do a few collect. Cause if you like, I, I, the second half I started to mainline cause I also felt kind of the pressure of the end of the year wanting to play also God of War and I really just wanted to see the the story play out, and so uh, the second half, I just flew through the main line, and all those collectibles just build up because you get more crimes and you get more things happening, and all of a sudden, like your screen is just covered in in stuff, and and I think if you do like a little bit, if you have the time, if you just kind of hop around, uh, especially with the crimes, if you're looking to platinum this game, uh, my recommendation is that you never skip a crime. Like when those crimes pop up, you do them no matter what, uh, because I've heard too many people at the end, they want to do the platinum cause they love the game or they want to get more collectibles and it, those crimes just don't pop up very fast. Like they pop up almost organically in terms of you're swinging around traveling and then they'll pop up once, but then they won't just pop up again on command. And so, uh, you definitely just want to do those crimes every chance you get. Uh, because there are a lot of them, lots of crimes. You have sable crimes, you have uh, prisoner crimes, you have demon crimes, you have fist crimes. Like, it's like, geez, New York City has a lot of crimes, <laughs> which we knew that anyways. Well, but yeah, it's the big. I was gonna say, yeah, <laughs> we we, we kind of knew getting into it that it was like that. But going back to the story, so we have kind of a momentary piece. Peter rejoins Otto to kind of help him continue the the process with the. Uh, prosthetics. I think sometime before this, uh, uh, Oscorp, there was a prior relationship between Otto and Osborne, and they were actually continuing to fund kind of as like a third party uh, what Otto was doing, but they 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 lose that funding. Like Osborne takes it away, mm-hmm. and in the process, this kind of builds the animosity and reveals the past relationship and the current animosity that Otto has for Osborne. Uh, but then later, Otto finds new funding, and he finds creative ways to get money. Uh, and Peter continues to help him. In the process of this also, uh, Otto is the first one other than MJ to, f- to find out, well, not to find out uh, who Spider-Man is, or at least so we think, but finds out Peter's connection to Spider-Man. So I thought that was an interesting little reveal partway through the story. Also, they, re- they reveal that Otto has a de- degenerative disease, and it becomes clear what his motive is. Besides helping people with prosthetics, He's also working to kind of build himself 
uh, a way to continue to live and continue to operate when his arms and body have given out. And so it becomes very clear once they, I thought it was very clear once they revealed that degenerative disease that that was going to be one of his motivations to become Doc Ock. And through that, his limits are pushed. Peter enables him and helps him, tries to help him. Uh, Doc Ock starts to get into kind of like the brain stuff and wants to mess with the brain to kind of connect his prosthetics directly to the brain. And in the process, that exposes his anger and exposes his hatred for Osborn. Uh, Peter tries to help him, but as we experience through the game, Otto's hate, kind of like Lee's hate for Osborn, is too strong. And then we get to the prison break at the raft. Oh, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Now, I will say I was a little disappointed in leading up to this game that they revealed this this prison break at the raft in the trailers. Uh, I thought it was a little too much. They should have saved it for the game because I thought this whole mission where you where you go to the, the raft and all of a sudden Electro, Scorpion, uh, Mr. Negative, um, who else? Rhino. Um, Rhino. That's uh, four. Who's the Vulture. fifth one? Vulture, thank you. Those guys break out, and you're like, oh my gosh, everybody's breaking out. The city's kind of falling apart. Bedlam has all of a sudden, it's gone from like zero to 60 in 0.2 seconds. Yeah, uh, and there's like a break, there's a breakout before the breakout because yeah, you get those exactly. inmates on Rikers that, that break out. Yeah, um, it's like a domino effect. That was a pain in the butt for me. I hated that. Uh, the whole, the whole, the whole Rikers. Oh yeah. 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 But that was. I kept for some reason. Crazy. I kept. I kept dying at that part for some reason. But oh really? Yeah, yeah, I think it was mainly because of the of the the grunts, like the big dudes, the big prisoners that would always get in my oh, way and man. were just so relentless. <laughs> yeah, anytime you got into a group where there were two grunts or two like fat guys that were pretty much like Fisk, I had a hard time mm-hmm. sometimes with those guys. They were they were yep. relentless and they would just punch your face in and take your your health bar would just drop really fast with them. Yeah, so it's like, okay, I got to take the little guys out so then I can focus on the big guy and it was just is just really frustrating. But yeah, but yeah, sure. then obviously you get to the to the raft breakout where uh, yeah. you get the uh, the formation of the um, Sinister Six. Yep, it is revealed. So, since it was kind of... I felt like they spoiled it in the trailer. How did you feel about that moment when they revealed the Sinister Six? It was underwhelming, the fact that like I knew, five, I knew what was going on with five of the six. But then, exactly. you know, in the initial trailers, they kind of trailed off like... Oh, it's you, and you yeah. didn't know. You didn't who know that for sure. Was. Yeah. Now, so once you're like, playing the game, you know it's you just know it's Doc Ock. Like yeah. once he gets angry and he starts making that transition to Crazy Man, you just know. Like going back to that trailer, then you're like, oh, it's him. That, that's the only thing that makes sense, and of course, it's him. So they reveal the Sinister Six, and then this is when you get to Act Three of of the game, and I really. I both enjoyed and I don't want to say I struggled with Act 3, but I felt like Act 3 overall, uh, I, I felt like you could really fly through Act 3 and just do the boss fights and get to the end and be done. Um, I think that, you know, up until this point, I felt like Act 1 and 2, like all the things that happened, it played out like a movie. And they, they made you, like, kind of take in all the information. I felt like 
Act three, once you got to the, you know, the Sinister Six reveal, they kind of take over the city. You're injured, but then, of course, MJ, Miles Morales, um, you know, every, they all kind of work together, and then it just becomes a mix of boss fights and, and kind of motive revelations. And there's really good information during Act 3. Like, you, you find out motivations for each of the different Sinister Six. I thought that was really cool when you, when you kind of find Doc Ock's lair and you, you find out, like, the motivations why each of them work, decided to work with Doc Ock. Like, Vulture has cancer. Uh, Rhino just wants to get out of the suit that he's in, the suit that he causes all that destruction. He just wants to get out of it. Like just mm-hmm. the different people that have their motivations. I really thought it was cool, but I I could see where people could probably skip over that. Like you didn't have to listen to those recordings. You didn't have to. You could just go into the lair and continue the story. But I kind of s- felt like it was a little okay. rushed at the end. Go ahead. Yeah, I will say I, I get what you're saying. Um, for so first off, I do have to say. I feel like Otto Octavius would have a lot more money for his research if he did not invest so much of his money in audio recording devices. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, that is there was true. literally one at every single station. And it's yeah. like, dude, you have, like, five or six of these just laying around. Like, why are you yeah. spending all that money on it? But anyway, I'm not, I'm not going to harp on that. But No, but I, I thought that, too. I was like, how did he have all this time to discover? All- of course he didn't make these, you know, at least... Of course, his prosthetic discoveries didn't come to fruition by himself because he was busy doing this crazy stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I could see that. Um, but uh, oh, shoot, I lost my train of thought. Um, what talk was about the, Act Three, the boss fights, and the oh kind yeah of yeah yeah motive yeah. revelations. Okay. Yep. Um, so yeah, besides that little caveat, um, I was kind of relieved. Because I was like, oh no, now this is going to be like a, a, you know, I got to catch all these, all these villains one by one and get them back in the raft. And yeah. I was like, I really, honestly, I don't want to face these guys again. So the fact when they, when they basically teamed them up in groups of two. Yeah, I did like um, that. I was kind of relieved in, in the fact like, okay, I don't have to, especially like that one part where like they all, like it was like this screen of like all, all six of the bad guys um, in this one little block or whatever. And I was like, Oh, uh-huh. am I going to have, am I going to have to chase these guys down by one, one by one? Uh, right. And, but, and I was like, okay, no, I don't, I don't have to do that. Yeah. Um, so did you have a favorite boss fight of the, I think there were two or three different boss fights. Uh, um, I would have to say if you had to pick one that you really, that you, you liked in particular. Um, if you, I'd have to say the one with, um, I think it was Electro and Vulture. Yes, say it was. That was um, mine too, man. I love just that because fight. you get to you get to throw uh, you get to throw the 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 missiles that Vulture shoots back at uh, Electro and stuff. So, and that yeah. was always fun to just sort of sling those. Now the the one with Scorpion and Rhino was kind of cool too, just because you had to like, uh, you know, drop all those objects on um, on top on of Rhino. Rhino. Yeah, to in order to knock him out. But was what was driving me nuts with honestly all of them was like with how much, like I was having to web swing constantly, go around in circles and 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 just keep moving. Um, yeah, if you stayed so that, still too long, they definitely would take advantage of you. And I did a yeah. lot of dodging. 
Uh, but for me, I think the Electro and Vulture fight, I liked it not just because of the verticality of it. Like that one, you definitely had to swing around because they were mm-hmm. up high in the air. Uh, but I loved the banter, like the Rocky references. Oh, like, yeah, hey, for sure. Hey, Adrian. And uh, just because the, the, I forget which one. One of them's name is Adrian. I think it was uh, that's was um, Vulture. Vulture. Yeah, yeah, Vulture's name was Adrian. And I loved the banter. It reminded me of the the the, Mar- the MCU movies where, you know, uh, Tom Holland's character, Tom Holland's Spider-Man always brings up old movies, quote unquote. And so it kind of reminded me of that. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, um, sure. So once you, of course, gather up five of the uh, Sinister Six, you then, of course, had the final showdown against Otto. And in this final showdown, uh, he finally re- he reveals that he knew all along that you were Spider-Man, that Peter Parker was Spider-Man. And pretty much that he would stop at nothing to bring down his arch rival, uh, Osborne. And I thought I thought this whole fight was very well done. I struggled at first because for some reason I just was trying to run around to fight Doc Ock, and then finally I realized I can just swing all around this top of this building using the poles, and then it became a pretty easy fight. Um, but I really liked the the transition into the up close and personal part of the fight where you're on the side of the building. And they're kind of mm-hmm. talking back and forth. The HUD yeah. disappears, and it's just you, like, dodging him, shooting him with webs, punching him, going back and forth. They have that conversation. Um, what did you think of that fight? Well, first off, the anti-ox suit was pretty awesome. Oh, yeah, uh, it was sleek looking. Now, I will say, I don't feel like they explained to us enough what made it special. Like, he just went and he made a suit the same color as Doc Ock's arms. And I was like, so because they match, that makes it... A good suit? Like, I didn't understand what was special about it. It was just added added strength, I guess, and uh, and, and resilience and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I guess that was the only thing about it, really. Um, but it was a sleek suit, for sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so that was, that was really cool. And obviously, the moment I saw the fact, you know, the part where, uh, where you know, Ock would basically make the platform fire, I was like, okay, I need to swing around this whole time as much as possible. Yeah. And, exactly. uh, I like boss fights where, yes, there's a challenge, but at the same time, like, I'm not, like, pop, popping blood vessels, getting frustrated with the final right. boss. Um, yeah. so it was, it was very much like a, an enjoyable boss fight. It was, uh, for final sure. boss fight to me. Um, I will say this, I, Peter is horrible at keeping his identity a secret. <laughs> oh, man. Is he not the worst? Like, he's terrible at it. You'd figure after eight years of practice that he would be a little better at hiding his identity. But they reveal by the end of the game that, like, pretty much everybody in his life knows he's Spider-Man. And there's like, yeah, yeah, we knew. Yeah, we knew you were Spider-Man. Yeah. It's like, what? And he's all Jeez. shocked about it. Like, you yeah. knew? You knew? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. yeah they knew. <laughs> he's, de- he's definitely worse in all the entertainment versions of spider-man for identity he would definitely get his identity stolen uh he would be the one to tell the indian guy on the phone here's my bank account information Mm -hmm. so so uh he beats doc ock you save the day you get the cure to the demon's breath uh to save a bunch of people however there's a catch and i think here we get to the 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 ultimate choice and one of my favorite parts of the story is when Spider-Man has to choose between his Aunt May and the rest of the city, pretty much. 
this was a a big feels moment. You get to the end and you you know the scientist that you've been working with says there's only enough of this to make uh, either to heal your aunt or to make uh, an a, a cure for everybody uh, because it's going to take so many hours and she's not going to survive and uh, I don't know about you but I I definitely I definitely got you know a little choked up during this part I thought it was very well done so here's the bummer for me about about this I think I think it was you guys I told a while ago that I was like I was bummed because it's like man something about the story for Spider-Man got spoiled for me accidentally uh, and I was very mad and it was this yeah and it was the fact that Aunt May dies in in the story and I was like oh okay that's annoying so yeah uh and and when we got to that point where she was like lying in in the hospital bed I'm like okay so this yeah. is how she's gonna die this is how it's gonna happen yeah that's um, that's a bummer and of course Peter had to be the better man and and so he he elects to not give Aunt May the 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 anti uh, serum, yeah, um, and uh, allows so many people to live. And unfortunately, Aunt May dies. Um, yep. Now what I th- what I thought was interesting was is the fact that um, uh, while this is happening, you know, and obviously the relationship with Peter and and Mary Jane is kind of coming to a head and building back and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, the way that they did the story with Miles Morales uh, was, yep. was kind of interesting. Uh, it was. It's, it's kind of playing on their own uh, their own little take on the Miles Morales character. Now, for those who, who may or may not have read the comic storyline, um, they actually have, kind of like DC has their like alternate universes, their Elseworlds. Yep. Um, Marvel has the same concept. Um, the main universe, what DC would call Earth One, um, is uh, it's called the Six One Six universe uh, right. in uh, in in the Marvel universe, and that's the main uh, canon with the Spider-Man we know. But then they came out with the Ultimate storyline, and in the Ultimate storyline, um, Peter actually and spoilers, I guess, for anybody who hasn't read these comics, but. Um, <laughs> But I think uh, it's okay at this point. Peter gets into a fight with a whole bunch of his his enemies, and and it all sort of comes to a head with uh, a fight between him and the and the Green Goblin, um, in which the Goblin ends up killing Spider Man, um, yeah. and and so and then this is how Miles's story begins to come to fruition with you know mm-hmm. Peter being Spider Man being dead, Peter being revealed as Spider Man. Um, and 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 Peter dying, um, and then it gives rise to a new version of, of Spider-Man to come up in Miles Morales, um, and so it's interesting that um, Peter, you know, becomes a mentor to Miles with the mask on, with the mask off, um, and then it all comes to a head when we find out throughout the duration of the story that uh, uh, Norman Osborn has had some test spiders um in a in a secret room he's had and yep. uh the one of those spiders manages to escape um through mary yeah, jane's mary on, on mary jane's shoulder and i'll tell you there's a split second where i thought that spider was gonna bite mary jane i was like is it yes! gonna bite mary jane are they gonna make like a, a spider girl uh right here right now 
Uh, and then I was like, no, because the spider still has to bite. I knew a spider had to bite Miles Morales. There's no reason to have Miles if he's not going to get bitten by the spider. So uh, I definitely saw it coming, but there was a split second where I thought maybe it would bite MJ too. Yeah, I was like, why would they do that? That's kind of weird. That's but then weird, yeah. right? Yeah. Have a spider couple. A super spider yeah. couple. <laughs> that would be weird. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, obviously it ends up biting Miles, and Miles uh, gets spider powers, as we see. Yep, at which the, they the... reveal, yeah, in the in the after credit scene. Um, also at the end of the game, uh, spoilers, as this is a spoiler cast, MJ and Peter Parker get back together. They kiss. Oh, how sweet. Uh, but it's but it's the after credit scenes that definitely won it for me that I thought were t- very interesting. There were two of them, and the first one is the one you started talking about: is Miles Morales reveals uh, his spider powers. Now I thought it was really funny how they did it. They kind of played off of that kind of puberty <laughs> pubescent issue. Like I have man problems, I need to show you, and Peter's all uncomfortable. Well, you're at the like, right age now. We're, we're <laughs> yeah, all, exactly. These things will start changing and. You'll start growing hair on you. Like, nope, nope, nope. That's not. No, what I'm no, about. that's not it. And then he just all of a sudden like jumps to the ceiling. Miles does, and then Peter doesn't say anything, and then he just jumps to the ceiling. Now I thought Miles would have had more of a shocked look on his face, but evidently he also knew that Peter was already Spider-Man because <laughs> he doesn't really react. He just kind of looks at him like, "Yeah, see, now we're both Spider guys." And uh, yeah, so I think that will definitely come into play. I think Insomniac is is building up to for their second game to make a very interesting and we'll talk about that a little bit more after we talk about the second after credit scene which I also mm-hmm. thought was very very interesting. Of course mm-hmm. we we get to see a little more of Osborne and we see Osborne in his office, the same office where they reveal uh, the green goblin grenades that you see if you're exploring as MJ and looking around at different things on the desk. Pumpkin bombs. Uh, pumpkin bombs. I think they're just like purple with silver, so they don't look like pumpkins, which yeah. it's good. That would have been a little weird if they were pumpkin, actually pumpkin bombs. Uh, but uh, they also reveal that this entire time that Harry Osborne has in an, uh, been in a stasis tank uh, this entire game in the, the secret office of, of Mr. Osborne, uh, and he is in a stasis tank because he's sick, which they reveal during the game. And not only is he in a stasis tank, but he's covered in a black goop that, to me, can't be anything but venom. Yeah, I'm not sure where they were going with that. I don't know if they. I don't know if that's the symbiotic type stuff. I'm not. I'm not. I could be. I guess, but that would just be a weird direction to so go. So my with guess, it. my guess is, is that along with this whole Devil's Breath, so they reveal in the game that Devil's Breath played into Martin Lee having the Mr. Negative powers, they they kind of reveal that sometimes Devil's Breath kills you, sometimes Devil Breath gives you like crazy powers or does weird things. I think they're going to be doing a, a more grounded symbiotic. It's not going to be a symbiote like in the sense that it's like an alien or it, it has its own sentience, like it thinks and all that stuff. But I think they're making some version of Venom that's going to play into more uh, whatever it attaches to, kind of like Mr. Negative, it brings out your anger. That's my guess. And so I think uh, it's very much something that's going to make the Venom villain that's going to fight Spider-Man. But I don't think necessarily that it's going to be Harry. I think it's just going to start with Harry, and then it could go to Brock or some later character, more traditional Venom character that 
that Spider-Man's going to fight. And of course, maybe it'll attach to Spider-Man, but I thought it was very interesting that they combined Harry with, with the Venom symbiote. I thought that was See, that didn't, crazy. I mean, and I guess that's just where my mind was going because I know ultimately, you know, where things normally go with Norman and with Harry. Right. Um, you know, I just sort of figured that was some sort of some sort of experimental thing that they were trying in order to genetically heal uh, Harry. And obviously uh, it, you know, reaches out and hits the glass to try to grab Norman. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of alluding to, okay, are we going to get a Green Goblin somehow? Oh, I uh, think we definitely next... are. I think, yeah, for sure we're getting Green Goblin. So, uh, yeah, I didn't take that as, as Venom. I, I, I could see where it could go that way um yeah. i just i just don't know if they really would go there um so where do you but, think they will go from this you know given all the information we have do you have any future predictions where they might go what they might do i think for the next spider-man game they're gonna go ultimate spider-man uh, because they're building up a some sort of a green goblin storyline um i think ultimately you know halfway through uh, Peter will die at some point, and yeah. you'll be you'll be Miles Morales Spider-Man, um, and, yeah. and develop that story. I can um, see that because that just seems like where the the logical progression for it. Yeah, because um, like but... Peter has been Spider-Man for so long, you know, and mm-hmm. it it makes sense that they kind of I feel like they they told a very complete story for Peter. Like you mm-hmm. didn't see his origin story, but you don't we don't really need to at this point. We got to see Miles Morales' origin story. Um, one thing that I thought, I think they're going to, you know, they show uh, they show Doc Ock get put into jail and him kind of making a, I don't know, a face of like like, like sadness and then that sadness kind of transitions to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you. Like without him saying, I'll get you, Spider-Man. He was saying it with his face. I wonder sure. if, if they'll use the storyline. I don't know if you read the comics where... Uh, Doc Ock switched his consciousness with with uh, Peter Parker, switched bodies with him. I oh wonder, yeah, the Superior Spider-Man. Yeah, I I wonder if they would go that route and kill Peter Parker off that way, and then you almost have like a a Spider-Man versus Spider-Man, because then Doc Ock has Spider-Man's body, and then you play as Miles Morales, and then kind of fight, you know. Peter Parker's body with Doc Ock's brain. I thought that would be because I, I don't feel like they're going to throw away. I don't think Doc Ock's relationship with Peter is a one-off. I don't think it's just with this Spider-Man and then it's done and they're just going to automatically go to Harry Osborn, Venom, uh, Green Goblin, all that. I think I think that the Doc Ock relationship is going to continue and I and I think it would be interesting if it went that direction, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean certainly a direction they could go in. Um, they could try to tell their own tale. They could try to tell the, the you know, the original Miles Morales tale, the story where you know his uncle is a is a villain called the Prowler, and it's that whole story of him basically coming up against his uncle and all that kind of stuff. Um, it just depends on where they decide to go. Um, yeah, it was it was so interesting how Insomniac basically kind of took bits and pieces. And, and used it to create their own little story, um, yeah. just to make it to make it interesting and and to make it something that not necessarily people had seen before. Like I like the idea, you know, the story of you know, oh yeah, Harry went off to Europe, 
um, yeah for, for this big thing um but it turns out harry never even left the united states harry never even left new york nope um, he was there the whole time yeah and that he couldn't tell peter or mary jane about it um so that's that was that was kind of interesting um and they kind of played off on that on the um the amazing spider-man movies um it's a very similar kind of thing except norman i think had some sort of degenerative disease yeah um and then harry started getting it as well yeah um so it's kind of similar in that way. Yeah, that's but... true. I did think of that because I had just recently watched actually The Amazing Spider-Man Two on Netflix just because <laughs> I was like, I, I know these aren't like the best, but at the same time, I kind of wanted. I I actually kind of liked Amazing Spider-Man One with Lizard, and I thought it was. I kind of liked some aspects of Andrew Garfield's take on Spider-Man, and it wasn't mm-hmm. two wasn't too bad. But I felt, man, that the whole Osborne storyline and the actors for that and the way they portrayed goblin and all that i did not enjoy that in those movies but they kind of rushed and yeah they got a little too cackly for my taste and <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, i'm green goblin all of a sudden he goes from like <laughs> i'm evil now yeah i'm all of a sudden evil <laughs> ah. like okay you uh raimi's spider-man the original trilogy that goblin one was much more believable than than the one they made in amazing spider-man Oh yeah, Power Ranger Green Goblin. Oh yeah, <laughs> Power Ranger <laughs> Green Goblin. Uh, I didn't say it was perfect, and by no stretch of the imagination do I think Spider-Man Three is a movie that I'll ever watch again. But it yeah, still was, well. it's, it still was better than the other one. But we digress. Back to rack th- wrap things up with Spider-Man on PS4. Did you have any final thoughts on uh, Spider-Man story game reflections? I think this is this is the ultimate for, I guess pun intended. I guess in this case, uh, <laughs> this is this is the ultimate Spider-Man game. Honestly, they did a great job, um, you know, just making a fun, immersive world and pulling on the lore, uh, all the all the story beats of of you know the Spider-Man canon and all that kind of stuff. And um, you know, it was it was very much an enjoyable game. Um, and uh, I'm glad I'm glad they decided to to put this type of game out, um, and uh, yeah, that's that's honestly where it's at. It's uh, you know I I mentioned on the podcast it's my game of the year, uh, yep. so yeah, well done Insomniac for making an awesome Spider-Man game, immersive game, great story, great visuals. Um, you know, it was awesome to be in New York and see a lot of the landmarks you did. Mm-hmm. Um, although one thing I kind of wish they hadn't strayed away from, but I guess I can see why they didn't put it in there. Um, you know, obviously the new, the new world trade center is in it. Um, mm-hmm. you can, you can jump on top of it. Um, and that was another cool thing was, you know, taking pictures at different landmarks too. I should probably oh, yeah. mention that. Yeah. That was Where you cool. could go to like the Sanctum Centorum and, and Avengers tower and right. all that kind of stuff. Um, but, um, but you know, just the fact that like the nine eleven memorial wasn't there, oh that yeah, kind of stuff they kind of omitted that, which I guess makes sense because they don't want Spider Man jumping around on the nine eleven memorial. But right, um, at the same time, I thought I think they could have made something really cool about that, and so. Yeah, but that's true. That's that's nitpicky, very nitpicky. Right. That. But other than that, it was very much a beautiful, 
you know, very well thought out New York and even like even the fun little things like fast travel, um, you know, going on the subway train and, and the fact that you could get a uh, <laughs> a trophy just for for riding the subway train a certain amount of times and unlocking all those things yeah. um, is very well thought out. So, yeah, big kudos to you, Insomniac, for making a great Spider-Man game. True that I would say after, you know. Finishing the main story, I have no doubts that I will go back, get the platinum, uh, and I will I will most likely turn on some podcasts and just kind of swing through the city, do those side quests, get those collectibles, get the platinum, but I will enjoy every second of it. Um, this game overall has definitely entered into my like top 10 GOAT video games, uh, just mm-hmm. greatest of all time for me. Um, you know, even if, you know, however God of War f- finishes out, um, about two thirds of the way through that story, uh, no matter where that falls out, Spider-Man will still stay in, in some of one as one of my favorite games of all time, and definitely my favorite superhero game of all time. Uh, it was so fun, yet it had a lot of heart. Uh, I like the more lighthearted, the the kind of jump back and forth between lighthearted and and a little bit of darkness, a little bit of difficulty. Um, it, it 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 was just well done and incredible. Um, I really can't think of anything that I didn't enjoy, you know, every aspect of it sure. had, had, had something that seemed really, really well-rounded and it felt like everything, every collectible had a purpose. Uh, it was, it was a great, great adventure for sure. So absolutely. All right, man. Well, I think that's all we have for today. This was, uh, this was fun. Great first spoiler cast to do. I think maybe here in a few weeks we'll, consider doing a, another spoiler cast about a certain god of war maybe maybe not we'll see we'll surprise you boy boy uh <laughs> but i'm i'm lucas ham and then to my left is mark boucher it's been a pleasure to have this time with you brother and to talk a little bit about spider-man uh you have a oh yes a great morning afternoon evening or night whatever time of the day it is god bless y'all Thank you for joining us, and we hope you join us again in the future. You can find us on Twitter at the GMG uh, Podcast, and uh, God bless you, and talk to you soon. It's webbing time. Yeah, Excelsior, and ciao, my brothers and sisters. One, two, three.